Welcome to New Life Assembly of God Media Ministry. We are glad that you are here. We believe the Word of God is relevant and life-changing, and we hope you can be blessed by this message. We're going to be looking at Luke 22, verses 24 through 27. Amen. And uh, if you'll just keep your fingers there, we're continuing our series tonight, The Seven Deadly Sins. Don't forget to be back with us on Sunday morning as we continue our series, Unchanging God in an Ever-Changing World. I believe it will be an encouragement and, and strengthen the faith of everyone who hears these messages. So tonight we continue our series, The Seven Deadly Sins. And the sin that we're looking at tonight is envy. The title of our message is The Evil of Envy. You know, a young adult pastor shared how a young man named Arthur began attending the young adult ministry in their church. And Arthur was a nice guy, but he was a little bit odd. He was different in his appearance and in his personality. But he began to get involved in the young adult ministry, and everybody embraced him and accepted him for who he was. But it wasn't long before Arthur became fixated on another guy in the group named Carl. And Carl was a very successful young man working in corporate America. He was from a well-to-do family. He had a great outgoing personality. He was friendly with everybody. He had a heart of gold. He was always giving and helping. He was active in ministry. And he often hosted young adult meetings in his, his uptown apartment. He played golf at a local country club. He was a member of the Young Leadership Council and other uh, well-known social clubs, and, and he drove a BMW. I mean, he was the epitome of what most guys would want to be, and Arthur certainly wanted to be like Carl. So he asked to join the clubs that Carl was a part of, and he wanted to be Carl's best friend. Now, while Carl was friendly with Arthur, they were never going to be best friends, and so Arthur began to feel rejected and Arthur's envy turned and one night Arthur went over to Carl's apartment poured gasoline on Carl's BMW and lit it on fire of course he was eventually arrested and he served time in jail but that is the evil of envy and the damage that it can cause in our life Arthur envied everything that Carl was and he wanted it for himself. And when he couldn't get it, it turned into destructive actions of burning Carl's BMW. And this is the reason that envy is listed as one of the de seven deadly sins identified by church leaders many years ago as one of the sins particularly perilous for the people of God. And of course, we said the list includes pride, which we looked at last week, envy, anger, laziness, greed, gluttony, and lust. And these sins may sometimes seem to us insignificant compared to other sins that we deem more heinous. And although all sin is deadly, the seven deadly sins are particularly dangerous because of their subtlety and because they engender other sins, and that's certainly true of envy. James 3.16 says, for where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. So where you have envy, it results in chaos, disorder, and every evil practice. Envy, therefore, is the fountainhead from which many other evil actions flow. Envy is also one of the few 
on the list of seven deadly sins that is also found among the Ten Commandments. And it also makes Paul's list of works in the flesh in Galatians 5, when Paul lists one of the sins of Christians, people in the church, that's who Paul is talking to when he lists the works of the flesh, and he lists envy as one of those sins that will prevent us from entering the kingdom of God. And it's different from the other sins on the list because whereas gluttony, lust, laziness, etc., can be indulged in all by ourselves, envy is a social sin. As one writer says, it always takes two to envy, the person who is envious and the person of whom they are envious. And for that reason, envy tends to thrive most in close relational connections among families, work colleagues, neighbors, friends, and yes, even in churches and ministry. We don't tend to envy those that are far from us. We tend to envy those with whom we have some kind of relationship. And interestingly, we see envy rearing its ugly head even among Jesus' closest followers. Read them, if you will, Luke 22, verses 24 through 27. Then they, speaking of Jesus' disciples, began to argue among themselves about who would be the greatest among them. There it is, envy. Jesus told them, in this world, the kings and great men lorded over their people, yet they are called friends of the people. But among you, it will be different. Those who are the greatest among you should take the lowest rank and the leader should be like a servant. Who is more important, the one who sits at the table or the one who serves? The one who sits at the table, of course, but not here. For I am among you as one who serves. And so what we have here is the scene of the Last Supper. Jesus had just washed his disciples' feet to teach them a lesson in servanthood and how he would ultimately lay his life down as a sacrifice for their sins and the sins of the world. But despite his powerful demonstration and continued reiteration of the importance of servanthood in his kingdom, the disciples are still striving and competing and vying to be number one. And they're envious of one another. They're not wanting to see another disciple get ahead of them. When we see envy at work among the disciples, those closest to Jesus, it's a warning to all of us as Christians that none of us are above falling prey to envy. We see the evil of envy all the way back in Genesis when Cain's envy over the fact that his brother Abel's sacrifice was accepted by God and his was not ended up in murder. He killed his brother Abel. We see envy manifest itself again when Joseph's brothers become envious over the fact that he was his father's favorite and now he has these dreams that God has given him of leadership and so they conspired to kill him but eventually sold him into slavery. Now most of us will not go so far as to kill our brother like Cain or take drastic measures to harm the person of whom we are envious like Joseph's brothers did. But as one writer asserts, there's a lot of relationships that have been destroyed, are being destroyed and will be destroyed by this satanic thing called 
envy. Because envy is so deceptive, dangerous, and destructive, we need to understand what it is so that we can recognize it in ourselves and repent of it and so that we can learn to live free from it. First of all, envy consumes us with resentment over the achievements and blessings of others. It consumes us with resentment over the achievements and blessings of others. I'm going to refer to this proverb several times, but Proverbs 14.30 says, A heart at peace, or the word actually means content, a heart that is content gives life to the body. When you're content, it means you are grateful for and satisfied with what you have and where you're at in life. Amen? So a heart that is at peace or content gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. So envy is like a cancer that will eat away at you. Envy consumes us with a desire for what others have. Dr. Gary Collins explains there's a distinction between jealousy and envy. Jealousy is the fear that something which we possess will be lost or taken away by another person. To envy is to want something which belongs to another person, which is what God warned against in the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20, verse 17, when he says, you shall not covet or envy or desire your neighbor's house his wife or his servant, his ox or his donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. That's envy. It's wanting what someone else has. And God forbids it. But envy actually goes a step beyond desiring what someone else has to being displeased with and resentful of the fact that they have it. We are resentful of the fact that the other person has success or the other person has certain blessings. Envy causes us to continually compare ourselves to those close to us. We don't generally compare ourselves with and become envious of someone that is way beyond us. We won't compare ourselves with a Jeff Bezos who started Amazon and he's a multi-billionaire because we think that's totally out of our, our frame of reference. That, that, that is completely unattainable for most of us. But it's different with our family member, our friend, or our coworker when they get a promotion, when, when they get a big raise, or when they get a new house, or they get a new car. We think, why not me? That should be me. I, I deserve that. We can even be spiritually envious of how God uses someone else in the gifts of the Spirit or because God answered someone else's prayer and why didn't he answer mine or because God healed someone else or did a miracle on their behalf and we become envious and even resentful towards God. Envy can creep in with a sense of displeasure that says, why them and not me? Why them and not me? Envy thinks that's not fair. That should have been me. And of course, the opportunity for envy abounds today, especially because of social media, where we see our friends and our family, and they're posting their accomplishments, their blessings, their vacations, their new cars, their new houses, and all the good things 
of course, we're generally not seeing the other side of their life, the negative things, the bad things that are happening, but we see all the good stuff and we start becoming resentful in our heart and saying, why not me? I deserve to have those things. And so instead of celebrating with them, we can find ourselves, at least in our heart, competing with them and resentful of them. Instead of focusing on God, we're focusing on competing with them as a perceived rival. Envy causes us to consider the achievements and blessings of others as a threat. Envy is not just wanting something we don't have, but it's being upset that others have what we want and what we think we deserve. And again, we don't generally envy someone way above us, but we generally envy those uh, who are in our close circles, and, and that's one of the most significant evils of envy is the destruction that it causes to our relationships. The destruction that it causes to our relationships. Someone said envy is feeling bitter when others have it better. It's feeling bitter when others have it better, and that is so true. Again, we look at Proverbs 14:30. A heart at peace or a heart that is content gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. It just eats away like a, like a cancer at your insides when you see the achievements, when you see the blessings of others that you desire for yourself. Now Cain, instead of rejoicing that his brother Abel had found favor with God, and checking his own heart to discover why his offering was not acceptable to God, he resented his brother. Joseph's brothers did not celebrate with him that God's favor was on him and that he had a divine calling on his life. Rather than seeking to discover their own God-given purpose and calling, they became resentful of Joseph and resentful of the favor of God on his life. Saul, King Saul, was threatened by the anointing on David's life. And rather than searching his own heart to find out why the throne was being taken from him, instead he sought to kill David. Envy is evil because it views the achievements and blessings of others as a threat rather than seeing it as a motivation to seek to improve ourselves or to seek God more for his favor, purpose, and blessing in our lives. And envy also cultivates a critical spirit. As one author states, envy always goes hand in hand with criticism. If I can't have what you have, if I can't achieve what you achieve, then I can tear down who you are and what you have achieved criticism. Envy causes resentment and bitterness to grow in our heart towards those who have what we want and think we deserve, which then expresses itself in criticism and fault finding. And it can destroy the envied person's reputation, and it can damage their spirit and their confidence and well-being. Because when a person is excessively criticized, they start to doubt themselves, and they become insecure in their decisions and their actions. And 
it might even cause them to change their behavior in detrimental ways in order to avoid criticism. But envy doesn't stop with criticizing others. It can even move us to cause to harm them. Just like Cain with Abel, Joseph's brothers, or the story of Arthur that we told at the beginning. And that's why envy is so dangerous. Envy will cause you to become resentful, frustrated, and angry. Envy will cause you to become a hypocrite because while you smile in someone's face and congratulate them and act happy because they got a new house or they got a new job or they got a new blessing, you secretly resent them. Envy also causes us to become critical towards God because envy is a dissatisfaction with what God has given us and how he has worked in our life to this point. We say, God, I ought to have what they have. You're not doing your job. I ought to have the blessings they have. And we are dissatisfied with God. Envy at its core comes from a lack of faith. Envy is a failure to trust that God is all-powerful, that he loves you deeply, and that he has wonderful plans for your life. Instead, envy blinds us to the blessings of God in our own life. No, our blessings may not be what someone else has, but it's what God has for us. And if you find yourself constantly criticizing another person, craving what they have, or complaining against God that you don't have what someone else has, you may have allowed envy to establish a stronghold in your heart, a place from which Satan then can set up his uh, center of operation and extend his rule further into your life. Envy can be conquered through simple daily spiritual practices. First, confession and repentance breaks the chains of envy in your heart. We not, may not even be aware that we have envy in our heart. You know, I, I, I have a pastor friend, and he, he was a, a senior pastor at that time, and um, he had hired a young man to be on staff with him. And um, that young man, every time that they would go out together to do visitation or something like that, and they would drive uh, through what was, or, or by what was the millionaire section of town, that young man would say, I'm gonna have one of those houses one day. And uh, then he would talk about certain designer clothing and I'm gonna wear that and all of these kinds of things. And, and the pastor could begin to see that envy, that materialistic envy growing in his heart. Well, unfortunately, that young man went on in ministry and ended up embezzling $500,000 from a church to build one of those mega houses <clears throat> that he so desired because envy was in his heart and he did not even realize it as it began to take root and grow, and it led him to, he, of course, uh, you know, charges were filed against him, and, and he, of course, lost his ministry and everything like that, and all because of envy. We need to pray like David prayed in Psalm 139, 23 through 24. He said, search me, O God, and know my heart, because, folks, sometimes we don't even know our own heart. So he says, search me, O God, and know my heart. 
test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. And in regard to envy, we need to pray specifically and say, Lord, search my heart and show me if I have envy towards anyone in my heart. And as he shows it to us, let's confess it and say, Lord, I'm envious of George or I'm envious of Mary or whoever it might be. Lord, forgive me and change my heart. We need to repent of it immediately saying, God, I don't want to be envious. I hate how it makes me feel, act and, re and um, react towards others. Um, I know someone who uh, was being raised up in ministry, and, and you could see the envious spirit in them. If somebody got a new uh, iPhone, they had to have a new iPhone. If somebody got the latest, greatest computer, they had to have the latest, greatest computer. If somebody advanced their education, they either would try to figure out how they could afford to get their education, or if they couldn't, then they would begin to tear down uh, degrees and higher education and everything like that. And this went on. And then eventually, they became envious of the senior pastor under which they were serving. And they began to tear that senior pastor down and become critical of that senior pastor and, and really um, broke that relationship because they had a close relationship with that senior pastor. It ended up breaking that relationship uh, with uh, that senior pastor. And so I say that to say this, it doesn't matter who you are. The disciples struggled with envy. People in ministry struggle with envy. None of us are exempt from having that envious spirit, from having that root of envy inside of us. And it starts small. Like I said, with this individual, it was like, if you got a new iPhone, they had to have it. If you got a new computer, it starts small. But then we allow it to remain there and it begins to grow in our hearts. So we need to repent the moment God shows it to us. And we need to say, Lord, forgive me. I don't want to have envy in my heart. I hate how it makes me feel, how it makes me act, how it makes me react towards others. Forgive me and change me. We need to repent of not trusting God's love for us and his plan for our life because envy is saying, God, you didn't do me right. You're not giving me the blessings that I deserve or, or, or that I think that, that you owe me. It's almost a sense of entitlement from God. So we need to repent of a lack of faith and trust towards God. And the moment we do that, we move envy out of the darkness because that's where sin thrives is in the darkness. That's where Satan works. And we bring it into the light of God's presence, which is where his spirit can work and change us. Now, contentment also breaks the chains of envy in our hearts. So first, repentance, and then secondly, contentment can break the chains of envy in our heart. Envy, as I said, is the root uh, of dissatisfaction with God, with what God has given us and how he has worked in our lives. Contentment is the opposite of envy. Contentment means that we don't envy what others have. We don't complain about what God has not given us or how he has not worked as we expected because we trust that God loves us, that God has a good plan for our life that is unique and different from the plan he has for the lives of others. And so we thank God. Contentment thanks God every day 
for his love for us. We thank God every day that he is working in our life to fulfill his good plan and purpose for us. Contentment thanks God for the good things in our life because remember, envy blinds us to the good things God is doing in our life because all we can see is what we want and what he's doing in somebody else's life. But contentment is grateful for the good things in our life and we um, practice gratitude towards God every day for what we do have and for what God has blessed us with. And as we cultivate the habit of gratitude, we begin to experience contentment. And that's what the wisdom writer had in mind when he said, a heart at peace or a heart that is content gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. Make it a habit to daily thank God for his blessings in your life and contentment will fill your heart. Thirdly, consistently pray for God's continued blessing on the person you envy. Hallelujah. Pray specifically for the person of whom you are envious that God will continue to bless them with the very things for which you were envious. If you were envious because they got a promotion, Lord, continue to bless and prosper them on their job. Lord, continue to lift them up to higher heights in you. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If you're envious that someone is being used in the gifts of the Spirit, pray for God to use them any, even more. Pray for God to pour out an even greater anointing on them. Hallelujah. If you're envious of a person's business success, pray, God, prosper them even more. Bring them more clients. Bring them more customers, Lord God. Cause them to thrive and succeed in their business. You see, you can't pray for God to bless the other person and at the same time resent them and secretly wish them bad. Amen? So if you want to cure yourself of envy, start praying God's blessings upon them. That will break the chains of envy over your heart. Fourthly, celebrate the blessings and successes of those you envy. Instead of criticizing them, praise them. Say it out loud to them. I really admire you for this or that success or achievement or I'm really happy for your success or, or for your accomplishment. And if you can't say it without choking on it, it means that envy is in your heart and you need to go back to step one, which is, which is confession and repentance, amen? So if you can't sincerely say, I'm happy for you, I'm glad you got that promotion, I'm glad you got that degree, I'm glad you got that raise. If you can't say that sincerely, go back to step number one, God searched my heart, well, okay, I already see there's envy there, Lord, forgive me, God, change me, amen, praise the Lord. And then fifthly, cooperate with the work of the Holy Spirit through surrender. As I said, Paul listed envy as one of the works of the flesh in Galatians 5, 19 through 20. And when he talks about the works of the flesh, lust, envy, strife, division, all the, the works of the flesh, he's, he's talking about Christian people who by their own works are trying to live for God. They're trying to live the Christian life. And he says, all you can produce is lust, envy, strife, anger, bitterness, division. That's what our efforts can produce. So what he's saying, he didn't say, try harder to not be envious. 
No, he said, by your best efforts, you'll end up being envious, being angry, being jealous. That's what your best efforts will produce. Rather, he talked about surrendering to the control of the Holy Spirit. And he says, when you surrender to the control of the Holy Spirit, he will produce in you the fruit of the Spirit which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faith, and self-control. So we can't change our envious hearts ourselves, but the Holy Spirit can change us. So every day, pray and surrender yourself to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, take control of my heart. Take this envious heart away from me and change me and produce in me the fruit of the Spirit. And as we pray that, surrendering ourselves to God every day, he will set us free from the stronghold of envy. The famed preacher Dwight L. Moody once told the fable of an eagle who was envious of another eagle who could fly better and higher than he could. So one day, the bird saw a sportsman with a bow and arrow, and he said to him, I wish you would bring down that eagle up there. The man said, oh, I would do it if I had some more feathers for my arrow. So the jealous eagle pulled out one of his wings feathers the arrow was shot but it didn't quite reach the rival bird it it, it fell short because the bird was too high so the jealous eagle pulled out another feather and then another so that the archer archer could shoot more arrows until he had pulled out so many feathers from his wings that he could no longer fly at all. The archer realized it and took advantage of the situation and he turned around and killed the helpless bird. Dwight Moody made this application. If you're envious of others, the one you will hurt the most by your actions will be yourself. It will be yourself. Envy is a deadly sin that will keep us out of the kingdom of God. Paul tells us that in Ephesians 5. So let's pray and ask God to search our hearts and show us any envy that might be present. And then let us confess and repent of it. Let us commit to cultivate contentment in our heart through daily giving thanks to God for the blessings in our life. And let's commit to consistently pray for God to bless those of whom we were envious. And let's surrender to the control of the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, change my heart. Produce the fruit of the Spirit in me. Let's bow our heads and and let's just take a moment to apply this message to our life in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just come before you right now, Lord God. And Father, if we would be honest, then all of us would have to say that at times we have had envy in our heart. And if there's envy present there now, search our heart and show it to us, Lord God. Make us aware. And as you do, Lord God, may we humble ourselves in repentance before you May we confess our sin and ask your forgiveness. And Father, we pray 
that as we humble ourselves before you, we would surrender to the work of the Holy Spirit to change our hearts, to produce in us the fruit of the Spirit and put to death our fleshly nature. And Lord, we pray as we commit to you today that you would help us to cultivate a heart of gratitude that every single day we would express our gratitude to you for the blessings that you have given us, for the things that you have done in our lives, that we might cultivate a heart of contentment, Lord God. And help us to pray for those around us that have blessings that we might have been envious of, Lord God. Help us to pray for them, for your continued blessings, and help us to be truly happy and celebrate with them when you bless them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming tonight. We love you. Have a wonderful rest of your week. We'll see you on Sunday. Thank you for joining us today. If you were blessed by this message, would you consider giving a gift to help support our ministry? You can text any amount to 954-516-1522. That's 954-516-1522. Thank you, and we hope you will join us again.